So, so here's the deal. Um, you can see on the front of your program, it says Thanksgiving. And I decided I was gonna extend uh, Thanksgiving out to another weekend. One of the things about Christmas is that it's a season. Most churches probably this weekend begin the Christmas season. You take two or three or four weekends and it's a, it's a whole big long period of time where Easter is one weekend, right? Thanksgiving is you know one day, uh, but Christmas is a season. And one of the things that bothered me is that Thanksgiving is like one day. It's my favorite holiday. I love Thanksgiving for a lot of different reasons. But uh, Thanksgiving at, at our home, for, for me, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll preface it, my, my wife's right over there, is super relaxing, <laughs> okay? Because I know nothing about a turkey. I don't know anything about like, a, like yams. I don't, know, I don't know anything about any of that kind of stuff. Um, but one of the things that I do notice about my, my wife is when she cooks on Thanksgiving, is there's another vibe about her that's different than other holidays. And yeah, there's the turkey and the, 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 you know, the potatoes and whatever all the stuff you put in the neck of the thing. You know, there's, all, there's all the stuff. But it's just the whole, the whole thing's got a different vibe. My, two of my daughters, two of my children are right down here. One's home from college. And you know, it's good to have family around. My, my daughter's husband's grandmother comes. Uh, uh, my sister comes from Elk Grove uh, or Elk Grove down. And it's just really a great time. Just really great. And relaxed, it's peaceful. And then, you know, we get all the food on the table and, and then we spend some time going around the table. My, my daughter, Gracie, loves this moment. It's her favorite moment of the whole year uh, where we go around and we share, you know, what we're thankful for, something we're thankful for. And it's kind of fun just to listen to everybody talk about what they're thankful for. And obviously, I was super thankful that my daughter, Grace, is, you know, home for college. And it's just, it's just a really... Neat time, and I'll bet you most of you have times like that too, probably at Thanksgiving. That are just, it's just real, just real different. And so I decided, hey, look, here's the deal, man. I'm going to extend that season out for a weekend, and then next weekend we'll begin with Christmas messages and, and all of that. But here's how I want to begin. I want to begin in a really weird place, okay? I want you to imagine... <laughs> that you have leprosy. That's great, pastor. You know, I'm thankful I got that. You know, what are you talking about? I want you to imagine, if you can, that you have leprosy. Today, it's called Hansen's disease. Believe it or not, it's still a, a pretty big deal in some places on the globe today, in Asia and Africa and some of those kinds of places give you an idea of what it was like to have leprosy so you can better imagine what it would be like. A leper in biblical days was considered utterly unclean, both physically and spiritually. So if you saw a leper, they had been declared by the rabbi, by the priest, uh, you are unclean, not only physically, that was a no-brainer, they could look at their bodies and see the disease on the outside. But then the rabbis would say, you're unclean on the inside. 
Imagine being told that, okay? A leper couldn't come within six feet of any other person except for another leper. So, so if you were a, a, a leper, not only were you unclean physically and spiritually, li- literally, you know, the, 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 the religious leaders have made that declaration about you, but you, you, couldn't, you couldn't get close to any of your family members, any of your friends, anybody you loved. You had to stay six feet away from them. And that was kind of how they did... Um, uh, they would quarantine people. Today in hospitals, they have sections where they quarantine people so that diseases don't spread. Well, that's how they did it in biblical days. Hey, you weren't allowed, you know, to get within six feet of somebody. A leper had to wear torn clothing. And it was one of the ways that other people who were clean physically, if you will, and clean spiritually could notice, oh, you know, so even if a loved one gave you a new outfit or something, you had to rip it all up so that it, you were identifiable as somebody who was unclean, okay? A leper had to always have their hair messed up. Now, for some of you, you're going, man, that'd be a win. <laughs> but literally, you had to have your clothes ripped and you had to have your hair a mess. Once again, it was a way to identify somebody who was unclean, who had some disease, leprosy being the, the, the major one of the biblical times, if you will. They had to cover their faces with a you know, rag or, or something. So imagine you have, your hair's all messed up, your clothes are all ripped, you can't come within six feet of anybody, and now you gotta cover your face. They didn't want the germs to spread. So, so basically, you're the loser in the audience. You're the loser downtown. You're, you're the loser in the neighborhood. Obviously, that person's unclean. Obviously, that person is messed up. Look at, look at their hair. Look at their clothes. Look at, that's somebody we need to stay away from. A leper had to cry out, unclean! unclean, if by chance you didn't recognize them with their hair and their mask and their torn clothing, they had to yell that out. So imagine if you were at the mall or whatever and somebody's walking towards you and they haven't recognized, you know, all of the signs, unclean, unclean. Imagine the embarrassment, the shame of it all. A leper had to live alone, couldn't live with your loved ones, couldn't do any of that because you had to stay six feet away from anybody else that was not a leper. A leper in biblical days had a sad, pathetic existence. If you want to read more about it, read Leviticus chapter 13. That's where all of these basically come from. Lepers were the low lives of, of society. They were the outcasts, if you will, of life. Leprosy was, it was a horrible thing back then, and it's still a horrible thing today. Believe it or not, on the island of Molokai in Hawaii, there is still an active leper colony there. It was started in 1866, and at its height, had about seven to 8,000 lepers that, that lived there. And it was very secluded. There's the beach 
And then there's a rock cliff. You can take tours of it. It's still open today. It has about five or six or seven lepers that are still there. Believe it or not, I mean, here it is, 2018, and in one of the most beautiful places on the planet, Hawaii, there's an active leper colony. Here's the deal. It was a horrible thing in biblical days, and it was a horrible you know, thing still today. And in our passage that we're going to read in Luke chapter 17, we're going to meet 10 men. These 10 men show up in the scriptures for just a brief moment, and then, then they're gone, okay? We don't know their names. We don't know, you know, their ages. We don't know really much about them, okay? But we do know one thing. All 10 of these men have leprosy. All 10 of them. All 10 of them are buddies. They're all, they're all together. And I want you to remember as I read this passage, these men are outcasts. They have no friends but each other. Okay, nobody will come near him. Probably all day long. Unclean, unclean, unclean. They're they're yelling this out all the time. Okay, they couldn't go to fun works and hang out with people. They couldn't go down to the local Starbucks and enjoy somebody's company. They couldn't go down to the Gallows Center to watch a you know a show or something. They couldn't go to the mall and shop. They couldn't be with you on Thursday at Thanksgiving uh, dinner. They couldn't be with you here in 20 days or whatever it is at Christmas. They couldn't be around the tree with you. They couldn't spend time with you at at family functions. Life was basically a bummer for these 10 men. But something's gonna change in our story. Their lives are gonna change forever, radically. These 10 men, these 10 lepers are gonna come in contact with the one true living God, the King of all kings, Lord of all lords, the creator of of the universe. So let's read our passage, okay? Luke chapter 17, look at verse 11, okay? The word of God says, as Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Okay, imagine, imagine you're one of those 10. All you're used to yelling out is, unclean, unclean. That's typically what you would yell out. But on this particular day, Jesus has come to town. And here he comes. There's a crowd around him. I'm sure these 10 guys knew something was up. Maybe they saw the dust being kicked up as Jesus came into town. Someone yelled at him, Jesus, Jesus is coming. And here they are. Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Imagine their existence. Imagine what they've been going through. Jew, one of them's Jew. He stopped and he looked at them. And he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. So Jesus stops and says, hey, fellas, this is what I want you to do. Imagine it's you. I want you to go and show yourselves to the priests. 
I want you to go and, and, and show yourself to the religious leaders because they were the ones who could, you know, certify that you were now golden. You were now clean physically and you were clean spiritually. They were the ones that, that held the power to make sure that you were gonna be okay. That's why he says, you go show them. Just go, go. He doesn't tell them, I'll heal you on the way. In fact, it's kind of mean what he says. You mean we gotta run through town? Don't you know how difficult it is to get around? We're gonna have to be yelling unclean, unclean as we go. But as they were going, imagine you're running. Okay, maybe you look down at your hands and all of a sudden you, you see all the you know, crud leaving your body, your arms. Maybe you've lost a finger and it starts to grow back and you're running and all of a sudden your legs are working better because they're not all goofed up anymore and you're just going, oh, whoa. Something, something's happening. This is, a, this is a great moment. Verse 15 says, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God, praise God. He's shouting, he wants the world to know something's happened in his life and it has to do with God. This isn't one of those, hey look man, just between you and I, amen. No, not this guy. Hey, he's, he, out loud, he shouted, hey! Remember, his hair's all messed up. Remember, he's got all his ripped clothing on. Everybody knows who he is. Maybe he's still got the thing off his face. He's not yelling unclean, unclean anymore. This is a great moment. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done this man was a Samaritan. He's not even a Jewish guy. Probably the other nine were Jewish guys. This was a Samaritan. This was a guy who the Jews hated. So here's this non-Jewish guy who comes back thanking God. Look at verse 17. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? It's a rhetorical question. Hey, weren't there 10 of you that were all goofed up, messed up, living a crummy existence? Weren't there 10? <laughs> Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And as Jesus and Jesus said to the man, stand up, go, your faith has healed you. Now, there were a lot of things in this little story, I'm gonna stop right there, that impressed me, a lot of things. But I'm gonna share with you three. I'm gonna zero in on three things, or three lessons that we can learn from these lepers. And the first one is this, okay? Every man, every leper recognized their, their need for help. All, all 10 of them are yelling out. All 10 of them knew we got a problem. All 10 of us, all 10 of these guys knew we, we can't go down to Kaiser, you know, and get an antibiotic here. All 10 of them knew they were in trouble. 
All 10 of these guys knew, recognized they had a problem. And here's the deal, beloved. You and I may not have leprosy, but God has made it crystal clear that we all need help. All of us need help. Obviously, we don't need help being cured of leprosy, but we need help being cured from something that's far worse, far more deadly. In fact, there's one thing that we all have in common in here. I don't care what color your skin is. I don't care what side of you know, town you live in. I don't care how much money you got in your 401k or your 403b. I don't care you know, what kind of car you drive. I, I, it doesn't matter. We all have this one dreaded thing in common, and that is we're all going to die. That's how, that's how bad we got it. You're going to die. There's going to come a moment when you take your last breath. You may make it to 100. I know people that have. You maybe make it to 70, maybe 50, maybe 30, I don't know, maybe 20, but death is coming. I often say death is the one appointment that everybody keeps. It's coming, man. Can't escape it. Now, I'm sure that some of you are thinking to yourself, well, so what? So you die. What's, what's the big deal? Well, the Bible says this. The Bible says, for we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. We don't have leprosy, but we got this problem called sin. All of us do. It's, it's the reason why we die. In fact, the Bible goes on to say, for the wages of Sin is death. And that word wage right there, see the word wages? If you look that word up in the Greek, it's the Greek, it's an accounting term. And what it means is this. Uh, if you have a job, let's say you work down at McDonald's and you go to work at McDonald's and you put in 40 hours of work in a week, at the very end of the week, you earned a wage. The manager comes out and hands you a check it's what you've earned. It's your wage. You don't have to say thank you to the manager. Maybe a nice thing to do, but you don't have to say thank you. You know why? You earned that. You worked for that company and you made them money. They're just giving you what you earned. It's your wage. And what the Bible says is this, what we've all earned, the paycheck we all receive because of sin is death. You're going to die. It, it, it's a crummy disease. You can't go down to Kaiser and get a, an antibiotic that will keep you from dying. You're going to die. We're all going to die. It's a horrible disease. Oh, you don't have to mess your hair up. You don't have to tear your clothes. You don't have to put a thing over your face. You don't have to yell, unclean, unclean, unclean. But here's the deal. You got a problem. We all do. Sin is a powerful thing. It, it separates us from God. In fact, it's so powerful. Some of you came in here today. You came into the, the, the venue. Maybe you're watching online. And it's so powerful. You don't even believe in God anymore. That's how powerful it is. Sin 
is so powerful that it'll keep you out of heaven. You see, here's the deal. There's one area where God is very much pro-choice, and that is this. If you don't want God in your life down here on planet Earth, then he just makes it permanent when you die. You make the choice. You get to choose. If you don't want me in your life, if you don't want to believe in me, if you don't want to surrender your life over to me, then here's the deal. When you die, we'll just make it permanent on the other side of death, and you'll spend your eternity without me. It's a choice that we all get to make. These 10 guys all had a choice. They could scream out and say, help me, have mercy on me, or somebody could have said no. They all had a choice, but they all recognized they were goofed up. They all recognized it, and because they recognized it, they were able to say, man, I, 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 I need help. Jesus was talking to a friend of his named Martha, and he said this to her. He said, he said Martha, I want you to know I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. See, Jesus knows we all got leprosy. I mean, Jesus knows we're all gonna die. He knows you're gonna die. But he said, hey, 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 here's how you can live. See, I'm the resurrection and the life. He goes on and he says, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And then here's the great question, right? Do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe it? And the question is for us today. I mean, do you believe it? Do, do, do you believe that when you take your last breath, if you know Christ, though you die, yet shall you live? Do, do you believe that somehow Jesus is the solution to the problem? These 10 guys recognize that guy over there, I think, is the solution to our problem. And so they're yelling out, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, help me, save me, have mercy on, on me. God said this to the great prophet Ezekiel. He said, as surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of wicked people, the death of people that are still in their sin. That's just another way of saying it. I only want them to turn from their wicked ways, their sinful ways, so that they can live. Now here's the heart of God. Turn, turn, turn from your wickedness. Turn from your sin, O oh people of Israel. Why should you die? That, that's the heart of God. We all have this crummy disease called sin, but there's the heart of the Lord. Hey, don't, don't die in your sin. Don't do that. Turn from it. Turn from it. That you could live. And that's basically what we're going to be praying for all of these people is that they would turn and live. Who doesn't want life with Christ throughout, throughout all of eternity? Everybody wants that. You want that. So the 10 men in our story all recognize that 
they had this dreaded disease called leprosy and they recognized that they needed help, which then led them to the next lesson we're gonna learn from these guys and that's this, is that every man, every one of these lepers recognized and obeyed the only one who could help him. This is super impressive. So Jesus says, hey guys, here's what I want you to do. He doesn't heal them first. Hey guys, look at yourself. Hey, whoa, what happened? Then do that. He says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go talk to the religious leaders. I want you to go, go, go there right now. And I think it would have been super easy. I want you to think about if it was you. Really? Hey, bro, bro. I got no fingers here. My, 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 the disease is going to take me a while to, you know, get to these guys. I don't want to go running through the town looking like this. Everyone makes fun of me and bullies me all the time. I don't want to do that. Hey, I'll tell you what. What? I mean, come on, fix me first. That would have been something that would have been legitimate. Hey, Jesus. Hey, look, man. Look, you don't have the disease I got, man. You don't know. Hey, can you just kind of take care of me first? That way when I go through town, you know, everybody doesn't mock me and bully me and all the stuff. I don't have to yell and unclean, unclean. Can we do that first? Jesus doesn't do that. He says, no, 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 you go. And they went. These guys obeyed. They actually did what God told them to do. These, these, these 10 guys are just crazy. They're running through town looking for the religious folks. Everybody knows who they are. Look, from the very first book of the Bible, Genesis, to the very last book of the Bible, Revelation, obedience to God and his word are front and center. You can't miss it. When you look at, say, the story of the Ten Commandments, you, you can see just how important the concept of obedience is to God. Listen to what the Bible says in Deuteronomy 11. He says, be careful to obey all these commands I'm giving you, the Ten Commandments. Show love to the Lord your God. How do we do that? By walking in his ways and holding tightly to them. In other words, here's how you show love for God is by obeying what he has to say. Verse 26 says, look, today I'm giving you the choice between a blessing and a curse. You will be blessed if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today. But you will be cursed if you reject the commands of the Lord your God and turn away from him and worship gods that you have not known before. Old Testament, New Testament, obedience to God is front and center. God says in Deuteronomy, here's the deal. You got a choice. If you obey me, there's a blessing. It's a win. Woo! I don't know what the blessing's gonna be. For these 10 guys, there was a huge blessing. Jesus said, go. And they went and they were healed. That's a blessing. Would have been a bummer, would have been a curse if one of them would have said, you know what, dude, you guys go and I'll see what happens. And if you guys are healed, then I'll take off. I'll do it. I'll, you know, come around the back end. Well, I'm not doing that. That's stupid. That's ridiculous. I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me. 
And that one guy, there would have been a curse, right? He wouldn't have gotten healed. But because all 10 of them simply did what God told them to do, there was a blessing. They were all healed. And all throughout the scriptures, we're, we're given these thoughts and ideas and commands. Doesn't matter whether they make sense to you, doesn't matter whether they're easy or hard. Bottom line is, you got a choice. If you live them out and you obey them, he'll bless your life. And I don't know what that looks like. And if you say, you know what? Oh, I'm going to only obey a few of them. There's a curse. And I don't know what that'll look like. I, I don't know. All I know is that God is crystal clear. Just do it, and it's a win. And if you don't, it's a bummer. And you get to choose. You get to make, you get to make that call. You know, when you look through the scriptures, I'm going to rattle these off, okay? As it relates to obedience. Jesus calls you to obedience. Obedience is an act of worship. God rewards obedience. Obedience to God proves that you really do love him. Obedience to God demonstrates our faith in him. Obedience is better than sacrifice. All throughout the scriptures, I don't care whether in the Old Testament or the New Testament, there's this idea of being obedient. Jesus was obedient to the Father, wasn't he? He only did what the Father told him to do, and he only said what the Father told him to say, and we're called to be imitators of Jesus. So Jesus was obedient to the point of death. God says, I want you to be like my son. I want you to be obedient. And for some people, it might be even to the point of Death. So, so all 10 of these men, these lepers, recognized their, their need for help, and all 10 of them obeyed what Jesus told them to do. But now as we look at the third lesson, things change, okay? Only one man, only one leopard or leper recognized the need to give praise and thanks for the help that he received. So here's the deal. All 10 of these guys are running. Maybe they're talking. Man, Joe, look at your hand. Oh, Joe, whoa. And one guy is watching all this go down and he stops. Nine of the guys, you know what they cared about? They cared about themselves. Man, I got to get to the priest, man. I'm going to be declared clean. I'm going to be given a good bill of health. I'm going to be able to hang out with my family and friends again. I'm going to be able to do life again, go to the mall, go to Starbucks. I'm going to be able to sit around the Thanksgiving table. I'm going to be able to sit around Christmas Eve table. I'm going to be able to do all these things. And that's all they cared about was I've got to get myself in the right place. They could hardly wait to get to the priest. Priest, look at me. Give me a clean bill of health. And one guy stopped and went, you know what? There's something else that's far more important, whether I got a clean bill of health from some religious guys. What's most important is I got to go back and thank the very one that healed me. Yeah. Philippians chapter four says, don't worry about anything. Talking to God's people here. Instead, pray about everything. Talk to God about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. You see, here's the deal. This is the easy part. Help me, God! 
That's easy. And God says, ask him. God has no problem with you asking him for things. He wants you to ask him for things. It's one of the beautiful things about being one of his kids. He says, ask me. These 10 guys had no problem. Have mercy on us. It's the second part that's the hard part. God says, hey, ask me. Come to me for it, with anything you need. But I also want you to thank me for what I've already done in your life. You see, you're forgetting about all the things I've done in your life. All you're focused on is right here and now. Think back to all the wonderful things that I have done in your life. And as I read this story, I'll tell you, I, I kept asking myself, and I'll ask you the same question, you know, wh which one are you more like? You more like the nine or the one? The overwhelming majority of these lepers didn't thank the, the Lord for doing anything, didn't thank God. One did, small minority. And I'll be straight up with you, I, I'll, you know, I'm most of the time, I'm more like the nine. I have no problem asking God for all kinds of things. God blows my mind. God does all these great things in my life. And I'm like the nine. I don't even stop, thank him. I'm just on to the next thing. Oh God, help me with this now. And God, God does. I don't stop. And I don't thank him. I really was really convicted by this story. I thought about what he said to the guy. Hey, 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 I appreciate you coming back and thank me, but hey, just weren't there 10 of you? And I kept thinking, I wonder how many times the Lord maybe says that about me. Hey, hey Rick, listen, I know you got your new prayer request, the thing you need now. Didn't I, didn't I take care of the last one for you? Or the one before that, and the one before that, and the one before that? Hasn't there been like, you know, a hundred things I've done for you? Really, really, really convicted. So here's what I want to do. And we're going to do this over in the venue, okay? Jackie's going to take over over there. And you're going to have a chance, like we're sitting around my table right now. We're going to end by letting you Maybe share some things over in the venue right now. Jackie's going to take over. And this is what we're going to do. I've dug this last night, last hour. I want you to think about something you're thankful for, okay? And I'm going to start up there. Somebody raise your hand. What are you thankful for? Something you're thankful for. Yeah, right here. You're thankful for your family. Anybody here amen that? You're thankful for your family? Man, I'm thankful for my family. Somebody over here I heard say, thankful for your salvation. He cured you of leprosy. That's probably uh, something maybe every day. Probably be a good way to start the day. God, thank you for clear, you know, healing me of leprosy. Death. Boy, that, that's good. Is somebody else up there? Anybody else? Yeah, way back there. I see a little hand, a little person. A little person in the back. that Jesus died for our sins. There you go, it takes a little tiny person to come up with a weighty, weighty deal. How about over here, something up in this balcony, something you're thankful for, come on, what are you thankful for? God's 
God's love, man, that he loved us. He loved us. Even though we were sinners, even though we didn't believe in him, he goes to the cross and he dies for people who don't even believe in him. He goes to the cross and demonstrates his love for us. And that while we were yet a sinner, he died for us. Wow, his love is pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. Somebody else up there. Yeah, way back there. His what? He's in control. Man, thank the Lord for that, right? Man, I'll tell you what, if I was in control this whole, we'd be in a mess. We'd be, we'd be in a mess. But he is in control. He is in absolute control. Even when we don't think he is, he's in control. He was in control when he went to that cross. He was God Almighty. And if he didn't want to go to that cross, he didn't have to go. It looks like this chaotic scene at the cross. It's not chaotic to God. Jesus is getting arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. Peter's grabbing someone's sword and cutting off an ear. This whole thing's looking like a mess. And Jesus is going, Peter, man, lighten up, bro. Puts the guy's ear back on and says, I got it. Everything's okay. He's in control. How about in the mezzanine? Somebody thankful. Yeah, right up there. You. Thankful that the Lord is still walking with her, even after all her failures. Hey, hey, here's the deal. Who, who wants to stand up and say, poor sap, I'm perfect? <laughs> yeah, probably nobody, right? Man, as goofed up as we are. Hey, Jesus knew nine of those guys weren't going to be thankful. Jesus knew that nine of them were going to just run off to the next thing. But he still healed them. Aren't you glad that God still cares about us even when we're, we're toads? Say, somebody else, so how about over here? Somebody, what are you thankful for? In this section, mezzanine. Go for it. Yeah, amen, brother. So, so, so are you thankful that, that God has a plan and a purpose for your life? There's a place where he wants you to serve and use your gifts and and talents and, and abilities. It may not be up here preaching, but man, I'm thankful for sound guys and, and light guys. I'm thankful for people with voices and play instruments and all those kinds of things. People that are watching your children right now and teaching your children in Sunday school and people walking the parking lot, taking care of you out. Man, man, I'm, I'm thankful for all of you that serve. Yeah. God's timing is perfect. And the weird thing is, he's not wearing our watch, which means sometimes we go, hey, God, what's up, man? It's half, it's half past the hour here. Come on, man. And God's going, no, 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 no. I don't wear your watch. I got my own watch. I do things in my timing. And sometimes his timing's beautiful, isn't it? 
Sometimes we, ooh, man, that was perfect, God. Your timing's perfect because it's matched up with mine. <laughs> but hey, it ain't matching up right now. Hey, hey, what's up? You know, what do we got to do here? What's the problem? Somebody else, how about over in this section here? Yeah, yeah, right here. Thankful for his words. Imagine if we didn't have his words. How, how could we? We wouldn't know anything about God without his scripture. I mean, we know a little bit. I mean, just general revelation. We can look at the stars and the moon and all of that, and it tells us something about God. You can look at a porcupine. It'll tell you something about God. But it's only in here that we learn about the love of God, the mercy of God, compassion of God, the wrath of God, heaven, hell, all those kinds of things. Man, I'm thankful for the word. How, how about over here? Yeah. Hold, 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 right up there. What? Taking a chance in life? Taking a chance in life? Oh, hey, hey, hey. Or a third, or a fourth, or a fifth. That's the beautiful thing about the Lord is he gives us second and third and fourth chances in, in life. Man, I'll tell you what. All right. Yeah, hey, this ain't it, man. Aren't you grateful for that? Hey, if this was it, if there wasn't a finish line, we call that glorification. Glorification is that moment when we're glorified and we're no longer down here, but we'll be in a place that the Bible says no mind could even imagine. You couldn't even dream of what heaven's going to be like. That, that, that day is absolutely coming. One, one, one more. One more. Yeah, right here. His grace. His grace. And all, but also this morning, I was really struck by, I was thankful for the rain and the clear skies. And I was just enamored by the trees for driving to church. They were just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's amazing what a rain will do. Hey, hey, you know, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, we are weird people. You know, when it's hot out, man, when's it gonna cool down? And then it cools down, man, when's it gonna warm up? I mean, it's like God's going, hey, what, what, what? I can never make you guys happy down there. You guys are like, what's wrong with you folks? But yeah, God's grace and all those things. What, what? Hey, somebody in this section over here, right here. My daughter brought me here. Yeah, amen. And helped me learn more and found myself to understand that I am saved. You're saved, man. Isn't that Thank great? Thank you for this church. Amen. My son goes here too. Thank yeah. you, Christy. Yeah, amen. Aren't you glad for good churches? And this isn't the only one. A lot of good churches in our area. Tammy, we let you you're gonna end it. You're going to end. End well. Don't blow this one. No, go for it. She said the same thing, it's the church. And by the way, by the way, here's it. What you, understand this. The church isn't this building. All this is brick and mortar. And God doesn't indwell a building made with man's hands. He, he doesn't live in here. He's like, you're not gonna leave here and then he floats around here and waits for you to show up next Sunday. <laughs> when someone says they're thankful for the church, it's you. You're the church. You're the ecclesia. You're the called out ones. And what they're saying is, 
I'm thankful for this group of people that happens to meet inside this brick and mortar here. And there's a lot of great brothers and sisters that meet inside brick and mortar and they're meeting inside brick and mortar just like we are right now. But this is a great group of, of, of Christ followers and things that we ought to be super thankful for. Here's the deal, here's the deal. May this Thanksgiving season, if you will, this message or whatever, somehow take hold in this church's family's life in a greater way. That we would really be a church of people that were really thankful. That when people thought of this place, they drove by here or they know you from work or they know you from golf or the whatever, they would say, you know, I don't know much about him. I don't know much about her. I do know this though. They go to that church down there and they're super thankful people. She's a really thankful person. He's a really thankful, grateful person. I'm gonna tell you something. That alone would be like, uh, you know, you turn your light on in your backyard at night and it attracts bugs, right? The good news is, is that you got light. The bad news is you got bugs. And God calls you to be light out there. And, and you'll attract people to you. And when they're attracted to the light within you, may they see somebody who's thankful, who's thankful, grateful. Because it's easy to just keep moving along like the other 10. Okay, everybody stand up. And so, Lord, I want to thank you, Lord, for um, a chance to gather in a really nice place here, Lord. You've given us a great brick-and-mortar building. You've given us... Um, a great piece of land, Lord, to meet on. You've given us some pretty nice, comfortable chairs to sit in, air conditioners and heaters, and you've given us a, a lot, Lord. We, we, are, we are a blessed uh, group of Christ followers here, and we're grateful uh, for that, Jesus. Lord, may uh, this little story, this little vignette of the life of Jesus and these 10 guys kind of keep rattling around in our minds and may we become more and more like that one guy. May more of us move from the majority into the minority. And may this be a church that's known for its thankfulness. And Father, give us a great afternoon now. And I pray this in your name and all of God's people said, amen. amen. Hey, Lord bless you. Okay, live for Christ.